This is Gam Chat. My name is Greg. I'm McCoy. And I'm Dee. We're three Filipino gay guys trying to make sense of anything and everything in the world today. Welcome to our podcast. So guys, anything spooky happened this week? Um, Spooky. So I made my first t-shirt. And the neckline looks like I have. I'm trying to show my cleavage. <laughs> it's one of those low cuts, man, man cleavage. So that's spooky. <laughs> I didn't mean to do it that way. It just happened. Like I sure okay because sure. you know how certain fabric, especially like t-shirt fabric, has a special like a a certain stretch to it. Yeah. Either you put it up and down or left, mm-hmm. you know, sideways. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, okay, if you put a collar over your head it has to be stretchy it like side to side right mm-hmm. so i built it that way but it never shrunk back so now i just have this like either oh. i can do like one off shoulder or like the other <laughs> <laughs> and, but other than that the shirt feet like it fits right but i was like oh I, I made my first t-shirt i just have to kind but of figure it out th- this is great d what we could do is that we'll post it on instagram and <laughs> we'll get people's input on it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like either left shoulder or right shoulder kind of thing. Which one should I but expose? Wasn't the V-neck for like deep V-neck for men was like so five years ago? The thing is, it's not even a V. It's just around, but it's just so like showing. Oh. Yeah. So it's like a cow neck kind of. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, cow neck. <laughs> well, something spooky is going to happen to me this week. That's for sure. What is it? It's just a medical thing and i can't really eat so i'm scared to go hungry you know i'm allergic with hunger wait for how long can you not eat two days wait 48 hours complete 48 hours it's not really just can't eat it's more like liquid diet soup blah 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 but the soup is like just a broth it's like that's the, ugh, that's nothing and you know me i can eat <laughs> Well, like, how about this? Could you put a burger and a blender and blend it up into liquid? I cannot have that. But it's liquid. It's not liquid, really. It's like the it's a color. It's a coloring thing. So, like, I can't have yeah. Wow, it's a oh, color so thing. it's all oh. about colors. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Colorism. So well, translucent is right. <laughs> I didn't choose this. <laughs> Well, how about you, Greg? <laughs> um, anything spooky that happened to me this week? And I don't think I've had anything spooky happen to me this week, other than waking up and seeing myself. <laughs> ah, well, that, that's every day then. <laughs> Hell, you jerk. <laughs> okay, you know what I was thinking about this past week um, was our previous episode, mm-hmm. which was all called um, Looking Through the Glory Hole. You guys remember that episode a yeah. few weeks ago? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now that I say it out loud, I'm all thinking, oh my god, how did we come up with that title? It's horrible. <laughs> but it was about cruising for sex. Or education. Yeah, for research yes, purposes, yes. as McCoy will always say. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of life experiences, and I just kind mm, of forget yeah. about them. And yeah. I was just thinking about, um, in, in, the, in the previous podcast, I shared my experience of going... Or sorry, my friend's experience. It was actually my mm-hmm. experience. I'll just be upfront about that. <laughs> Going to an adult arcade or adult bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot about this. But when I when I went to my very first one, it was with a homie. And we're like, we're friends. And we're like, we just did it for fun. And I remember I was like wasted because I was so nervous. And I went to the adult bookstore. The one in, um, McCoy will know this one. The yes. one in, uh, 
off the 60 freeway, you know. Yes, I sure do. Oh, oh. that place was glorious. Glorious. Oh, yeah, that's the perfect choice of words. Um, And I remember going inside, and I was so, like, drunk because I was so nervous. And there was these two guys behind the counter, and they mm-hmm. told me, and I was like, oh, you know, I we have to get tokens, right? And they looked mm-hmm. at me and said, and they said, yeah, but we got to frisk you first. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally, because you got to make sure that I have tokens in my pocket because I read that in online and they're like i remember them looking at me like yeah that's what it is and so i turned around and let them frisk me which apparently is not that they don't do that i didn't know this at the time but um Mm, so you were just um inappropriately groped before going well appropriate it to be groped officially yes 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 So you were unofficially groped, and then you were officially groped. Yeah, yeah. I think I have to just unpack that a yes, little bit. But yes. um, <laughs> how did you cope with that? Uh, um, you know, like how you do eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ate that night too, I'm sure. Oh my God, McCoy, that's bastos. <laughs> and technically, somebody else ate. Just saying. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my God, I'm sorry. That was spooky. I just yes. realized that. <laughs> So, McCoy, thank you for the spooky question, because this is our annual spooky Halloween special. The insert thunderstorms. Okay, D just rolled his eyes out. I can feel it. I can feel it. In this episode, we are exploring all things that spook the fuck out of us in the Philippines. And what better way to explore this topic than to invite the hosts of two popular podcasts in the Philippines. Philippine Campfire Stories and Wang Kang Leon. Did McCoy, did I say that right? Did I say that right? Guys? Sure. We'll accept it. I know okay, another sorry. show. It's called Wang Kang Leon. Is that <laughs> the same one? Okay. Yeah, that's okay. exactly what he said. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just, my mic was cutting off. I think that's uh, what it was. Okay. okay. You can only see my middle <laughs> finger now, guys. Look at those. Let's introduce our first guest. Campmaster Earl is the host of the podcast Philippine Campfire Stories. The stories are well-researched about folklore from different regions in the Philippines. He also has episodes titled Santelmo Society, where he reads listener stories. His advocacy is to share and preserve folklore stories, as well as beautifully narrate the stories in Tagalog as a way to promote the language. Welcome, Earl. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to me. Hello. <laughs> Is that an invitation? <laughs> Do you, you think may. it is? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say. Hi, thanks for having me. No, we're very excited to have you on our podcast. Because um, one thing I think that uh, every Filipino has at least heard one point in their life as a child that frightened them to death is a Philippine folklore story. Like me. I'm actually a little... <laughs> terrified <laughs> actually i feel like it's triggering it's triggering me um but uh, so we're so glad that we have you on and mccoy you have the first question so earl when did you get into philippine folklore um i, well, I grew up in bulacan in the philippines so it's like uh an hour away from manila um it's remote um back in the 80s and 90s when i was growing up it was it was um, still very much rural, unlike it is now. Um, it's much more modern. Um, it was a time and a place wherein um, the supernatural practices and uh, some 
beliefs about uh, folklore. Those were just very common. And, uh, you know, um, you don't question them. Like, you just do that. Uh, like, when the elders tell you to say, uh, tabi tabi po, whenever you pass by, uh, like, a mound of, uh, uh, like, like, a mound or a big tree, you say, tabi tabi po. So, um, just to say, just to, but they don't actually tell you what's that supposed to to mean or what's that supposed to do but you just do it anyway because that's what everyone else uh was doing so um that's what uh that's my entryway to folklore because everyone else was doing it so and uh you know as a kid you don't question what it is <laughs> that they do and you just follow them it's funny when you say like the tabi tabi po and I do understand what you're saying. It's kind of, in a sense, like, it's become, like, the mano. Like, it's you're just supposed to do it, no matter what. Yeah. It's not really, like, broken down to you why or what the sentiment is. Well, we mm. know respect, but it's kind of, like, the same thing. Yeah. Right? It's, like, respecting. Actually, actually, when I was a kid, it it was explained to me because they said, if you don't do that and you hurt an entity, for example, you you step on them or you you hurt their home or so, or you destroy their home or something like that, something could happen to you. Mm. So every time we go down a path, because I, I lived in the suburbs and when I was young, there were still some areas that were not developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time we'd walk down a path that you can tell it's not walked on a lot, you have to say tabi-tabi po. Mm-hmm. Or when you feel like it, like when you think you're on a strange area yes. that you're not supposed yeah. to be in, you say tabi-tabi po because you feel scared and... Th- that's um that's what I grew up in. Like, you're not supposed to feel that way, but they made you feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. just so you you could be careful. You could be you could you know um, uh, be respectful of uh, the surroundings for the things that you can't see and you do see. So um, yeah, that's that's my gateway to folklore because everyone was doing it. You mentioned about like walking a path or like just walking or entering something like a mound or anything. Um, mm. Out of everyone, is it just me who was told to do that as well? If I needed to pee and we're like driving, <laughs> and like, what? Yes. Say that? Wait, you, you, yes. wait, you're in the moving van and you're peeing, oh, and then yes. no, and then you have to like pull over and pee somewhere. And you, have to, like, tabi, you tabi, have to say tabi tabi po. But I yeah, mean, honestly, I that. that's still kind yes. of rude because you're pissing on someone's home. Or but, like, but, you know? but you're telling, but you're telling the guardian <laughs> of the mound that you're okay. going to be peeing there. So it's like. I'm sorry. This has to go. <laughs> so McCoy, sorry. do they yeah. tell and you I that? And I hope you like golden showers. I know McCoy. Do they tell you that when they're about to do that? And like McCoy, tabi tabi. Yes. Okay. Okay. And you just give consent. No, they didn't have to tell me. Okay, say this. No, I already knew. <laughs> That's what sorry. you do. Oh my god. Is, is he okay that we're going that path? Okay. <laughs> well, you know, like I was just thinking about this about like not questioning things everybody has a story that's connected to some type of folklore and i remember just like everybody took it as a fact like it's just the way it is and no one actually questioned it or delved even further into it and and asking the big question as why or and just the history of it so that's why you know it really sparked me when you uh for your podcast because i'm like oh we don't hear this and we don't hear this in the states really much we just hear like oh you know in the philippines um, mm. This happened, and it was because of this thing. You know? Well, um, that's that's tr- actually true. But you know, um, eventually 
you're going to grow up and then you're going to start asking questions. And uh, if that's where you are, well, so, some people would, would just look down on the beliefs and just say, oh, that's silly. That's, that's nothing. You're not supposed to do that. But some people like me, um, I appreciate it because there's a, there's a history behind those beliefs and, their, uh, and those cultures. And, um, and for me, that's important because that's, uh, that's what makes your, your childhood unique because you went on through that kind of um, kind of environment that not many people can relate to and that's that's what makes me unique and uh, that's what i like about it mm. you know you remind me my brother when he was a kid he went to the philippines um for i think in december when he was like in fifth grade and he always tells a story about how when he was at my aunt's house there was a pool table you know they're playing pool as kids and I'm not sure exactly how the story goes, but they were playing, and I think, like, my brother was making fun of my cousin that he was going to lose. And I don't know what my cousin said, and he, my brother started making fun of him. And then all of a sudden, the white ball. Is that the one that you have to hit first? Something like that. You know, billiard yeah. ball. Um, <laughs> it was, there was no the way, ball. there was no way for my cousin to win. There was no way, right? So my brother was making fun of him. And all of a sudden, the ball just started moving around the 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 pool table, and it and it stopped perfectly, so my cousin mm. could win. And they were saying, "Oh, it's the duendes or something," and then they freaked <laughs> out and they ran. Um, but it's such a, a a big moment in his life that he he, he loves to share about his mm. experiences in the Philippines. Yeah, that's true. Because um, if you if you're really going to look at those kind of uh, moments it's the story that's behind them that makes it more endearing it's not because you say tabi tabi po it's because you grew up growing growing in some far fla- uh, far flung places and you like D uh, said that they were doing road trips when they were growing up and then you had to be somewhere else it makes it funny and remember you remember those things and you just happen to connect with that with that phrase, tabi tabi po, it's the story behind it that that what makes it more. Um, I don't know. Remember, you, you can remember it clearly because those triggers. Well, you mentioned earlier about like history. You know, like it's it's being a part of uh, I guess like a history growing up. But it kind of questions like why is folklore so ingrained in, like Filipino culture? Because I mean, I I I think pretty much even if you're here it's passed on to you by your mom, you know, like it's kind of carried on, even though we don't have the same circumstances. Like mm-hmm. I highly doubt we would have Capre or like, what's the Tikbalang like around here, but tigbalang, it's like, yeah. is it just like they don't cross the, like the U S <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so weird, but, like, but um, pretty much I still kind of, I like growing up, like I saw a mound and mm. I still would think about Tabi Tabi Po. And now it's like just a, a mole on the ground in front of our yard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do wonder, like, how did it kind of get ingrained in our culture? Well, it's uh, it's passed on. Um, Filipinos, unfortunately, um, because we were colonized uh, by a multitude of ways and uh, we're, we're very bad historians. 
uh, in writing um, all of our documents before when we had animism practices as as a people were destroyed because um, that's what colonizers do. They destroy your identity and they replace it with another one. And uh, and as as a people, you just kind of adapt into it in the ways that you can. In our case, as Filipinos, um, we survive, uh, those stories survive by oral tradition instead of writing. Um, they, they sung songs or they recite poems or uh, they do um, some epics that they tell to their people. And um, that's how these um, uh, cultural beliefs survived this long is because we tell it to people just like what we're doing now we're going to be here forever if we talk about the colonizers just the messing up everything for yeah. everyone but <laughs> i do agree like we don't really have that um yeah that's i, I mean you bring that up it, we don't have a good writing history of everything that's happened to us and mm-hmm. we, we kind of just base it on like grandparents telling the grandkids around that and i, I right. think that's how I, that's how i kind of cherish like the little lessons or even fables that I now know as an adult and I kind of, you know, wish I had someone to pass it on to, but I don't want kids, but... You have your audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have I have a question for you. Um, like, um, you sharing that, um, I was wondering is, like, how, on your podcast, do you do the research or how do you find... Um, the history behind this folklore. Way before I was podcasting, I was always reading books about it. And um, like I said earlier, we, we don't have much um, uh, materials about it. So the moment that I see things like, I'm going to get this favorite book of mine I'm going to share. It's called The Soul Book because I don't trust the internet so much. <laughs> so at least these ones are documented by um, you know scholars and they, they researched on it. Um, and uh, we have very little resource uh, people um, who actually studied this uh, this topics. Um, like they, they went to uh, they, they went to the provinces. They they went to the Bukid and to the provincias just so they can talk to the elders because those are the people um, um, that are left in this world with the knowledge that. We uh, we wanted to to know because there's no one. We we don't have documents. Um, the only documents that we can we can find are the ones from Spaniards, the chroniclers. Um, you know, whenever there's a a colonizer, they would write down things just to document it, for, so you they can report it to their higher ups. Those are the only ones, and that's in the POV of a foreigner. Uh, so the new scholars from the 50s and 70s, uh, what, what they do is they they went around the Philippines and they talked to the elders and they document the, this songs and stories. So that's when uh, these books um, were printed, early 70s. You see the color of this one. It's so, it's so yellow already. So um, this one has been published for, I think, in the 90s. Um, I managed to get a copy in, in Manila before. And this one is the, cool. this, um, like, it's uh, Introduction to Philippine uh, Pagan Religion. This is the, um, one of the 
inspiration of the Trece, uh, Trece comics, uh, which was, um, oh. which was then adapted to the Netflix series that we now know. I have a lot of books <laughs> about Philippine mythology. Wow, we have a lot here in California, actually. Um, in LA, there's there's um, Archipelago Books um, somewhere downtown LA. Um, they specialized in Philippine literature, um, and they have a section. They have a good section of uh, Philippine folklore and mythology. You could try. You could try going there. Yeah, that's so. That's so. So great. Like the idea of since all most of our history is in oral history, that they have to go back and find the elders and record it. Um, I think is 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 pretty awesome for some of our listeners who are you know. Um, not Filipino or not uh, fully aware of Filipino folklore. Can you like tell us some of like the Aswang, the Duendes, and what they are? Because I don't think I know all of them. Right, I don't know all of them. So <laughs> it's it's actually hard to explain in one in one go. Because okay, let's start with um, the Philippines is on. Uh, it's an archipelago. So we have 7,640 islands. Um, it's a lot, right? So before the colonizers came, we, we exist um, ac- acknowledging each, uh, each island, but we're not working uh, cohesively like a nation. So what happened was um, they, uh, they created their own pantheons, their, their own stories, like for example, um, in record, there's like 16 pantheons of creation stories in the Philippines alone, and uh, um, that's uh, like for example, uh, a god that created the world in the Tagalog would be called Batala, in Bicolano it could be called uh, uh, Gugurang. So it's it's different, but because of trade relations, uh, inter-island, they kind of know each other. Like, I hear oh, th- there's a god there that it's called a, a different god. Like, he's in the mountain, uh, but my god is in the sea. So um, because of trade relations, because it was going on before, it kind of inspired each other. Like, for example, uh, a god called uh, Mayari is uh, the Tagalog god for the moon. Mm. In the northern region of Sambales, there, there's another god called Malayari, if I'm not mistaken. But in the Pampanga region, which is another province close by, of course, before it, you can't you can't just go to another town without you know just you just walk. So it's pretty far. That god, there's another existence of that similar god. His name is Apung Malyari, and he lives in the mountain of Pinatubo, which uh, guards the volcano. Basically, archipel- we're archipelagic by nature. So there's a lot of monsters, a lot of gods, a lot of goddesses. So you can't really pin them down in one book. Uh, what, what, could be, mm-hmm. what could be an aswang in one region? could be a god in one region. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. I never thought about it. I thought aswans are all evil. Well, yes. Um, like, for example, um, in the northern region of the Philippines, uh, I think it's in the Ifugao region. It's p- far up in the mountains. There are no documented stories about aswang. It didn't reach that far because, be- because the colonizers weren't able to go as far as that region. 
And there were talks about Aswang being an invented um, story um, wherein the foreigners knew of this kind of monster. But um, what they did was, um, like this happened in the Japanese occupation in the Philippines, 40s to um, around that time. And what they did was um, they invented a story of they got one of the um, the opposition to and they killed him and um, rip off the entrails and then just put them there. So it it made the the people talk about like there's an aswang nearby. So it's like a psy war, a uh, psychological warfare. They use the stories to spook those people and. Uh, that that uh, that that shaken them down and eventually you know lost the lost the the battles that they were supposed to be winning wow it's a lot uh, folklore is a lot as as every other stories every other pantheons every other mythologies in the world it's it's too complex wow but i'm learning so much in just a short amount of time like okay <laughs> Now, a, a swang is like a, a, is a normally what most people know it, of it as a creature. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Okay, they're not the witches. It, it's like an an umbrella term, like for something that is maleficent. Uh, like, um, yeah, that's what I remember it being. Like, then you can get the specifics underneath that umbrella, which one kind of yes. falls into what a swang is. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. They get very detailed. There there is actually a, like a study in the 60s that there's like 12 categories of a swang. Like there's a, a flying a swang, there's one that's um that is a self-segmenting. Um there's like a whole kind of different kinds of a swang. So it's like an umbrella term. It's like saying something is evil. Okay, why did it come up in my head? It's like it's like a Pokemon. There's a water Pokemon. And there's a... <laughs> well, actually, it kind of is like yeah. Well, like Earl, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like a category where they they drink blood. Then there's a kind that eats babies or fetuses, and there's a kind that eats dead bodies only. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, the 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 kind of um, that eats dead people. Um, so I'm going to share that story. Um, there's, there's a belief, right, in the Philippines wherein when you lost someone that you love, you, um, you hold a wake for them. Like, uh, like days in the Philippines, it goes on weeks. Um, and they just um, stay in one chapel and they pray for them for like seven days or something like that. You stay awake in the... Uh, the well, it's called wake. <laughs> um, you stay awake because you guard your loved ones. It was rooted in a belief that um, there, there's a monster called Balbal, which is a type of aswang that gets the corpse of a fresh, uh, of a freshly dead person, and that's his food, right? So um, he he gets those, um, but you you don't get a lot of people dying every day, so. Um, what what they do is they go to the graveyards and they uh, they dig the the bodies of some other um, corpses. So they are very terrified of the balbal, and um, so what they do is they they stay up during the wake so that the balbal would not be able to get the um, the the body that in uh, that pass on to cultural belief now 
that um, now um, people are not aware of that particular reason anymore. They uh, they just guard the the corpses just because it's a cultural belief that we pay homage, we pay respect to to the dead uh, dead relatives. All right. Um, I have a question. Uh, can we play a little game called Name My Aswang? Uh, because I don't really know what this little aswang is but it's a story that my lola told me mm-hmm. when i was a kid and it terrified me freaked me out um she said that back in her province there was a family living in an in a insane in nipa hut and the wife was pregnant and so late at night she was sewing or like crocheting because i think that's what my lola <laughs> did was crochet everything and so she was saying that this woman was uh, was pregnant, was laying on the mm-hmm. on the floor, and a spider web came down, or a string came down close to her stomach, and she kept on like whooshing it away. And she was like, you know, move away. And she and it kept on coming down. And then she grabbed the um the scissors and just cut it. And then she heard this loud noise. And then it was some type of like and then it was some type of squealing, mm-hmm. and they ran mm-hmm. out. They, I don't know, they saw mm-hmm. tracks mm-hmm. and blood. And my Lola said that the, the little thread was like the tongue or something. And when she cut the scissors and it was trying to eat the baby that was inside of her. I know this. I know this. Can I wait, answer? wait, wait, wait. Greg, is your grandmother Janice de Belen? <laughs> I have no idea who that is. I think that's a movie that I grew up as like, McCoy, did I dream the right person? Because that's the only person that I know from. I think I you're was... talking about Chana. Okay, <laughs> okay. yeah, but that's thick. So no, you're wrong. But the, you know, is but, that what it's know, called? But this story yeah. like freaked me out. She told me when I was like five years old. Oh my gosh! Or like six years old, and I was like, "What is going on in the Philippines?" <laughs> but so, this is a very common name. My aswang. Yeah, uh, thick, 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 thick. It's a thick, thick. Yeah, is that right, Earl? Oh, that um, actually, I think I'm just happy is, Greg said it correctly. Uh, from what I know, and now I'm not sure. Tick tick, I think, is the bird that is supposed to um, like look the lookout for the Mananangal. Um, but see, they saw trails. Mm. So if it's a Mananangal which flies, you won't see trails. Oh well, because yeah, the tongue was cut out, right? Trails of blood—is it trails of blood? Trails of footsteps? That's what she said. No, because with us, with uh, growing up, tick tick was not a mananangal or not a lookout. More like it's like a a, the, a humanoid something mm-hmm. that crawls on the yes, cross right. like crawls around on top of your roof, and if the if it happens mm-hmm. to have a hole, it's just gonna like kind of extend its tongue and then like put it. But it's always yeah. targeting pregnant women, right? Yeah, because it eats like babies or fetuses or something. Well, yeah. So that's growing up. That's what, uh, what that's what a tick tick was to us. Mm-hmm. Like that's the 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 visual mm-hmm. that was given to us. Well, um, Earl, in your opinion and your research, what do you think? My um, it's is? probably a mananangal. Um, well, because. Mananangal is, is the what? self-segmenting uh, viscera soccer monster. That's uh, the one I'm telling you that flies. Um, she normally is a female, and then she um, she has the ability to self-segment. Like her, her upper upper half would fly off. She would grow wings from her hands, and she will fly off 
to um, the uh, the towns and then she already knows where to go because she has a guardian. It's called a tic-tic, which is another bird. It's an evil bird. Um, it's the one that makes the sound. Um, when, when they say that when you hear like a tic-tic sound, it's called a tic-tic because the sound is like tic-tic-tic-tic like that. So uh, when oh. you hear uh, a bird with that sound that's far away, if you think the sound is coming from far away, it means that it is near. That's part of their illusion. But if you hear that it's loud, that means it's, it's far away. You still have time. So um, what happens is that a man and uncle takes care of a tic uh, tic tic. And then um, she flies off, right? She already knows her target. She will go on to uh, the top of the, the hut. And she will, um, she is, um, she's very cunning. She she has this, uh, her tongue is correct. You're, you're correct. The tongue is, it, it will go like thread-like thin. And then it goes down to, um, to your broom. And then it uh, latches on to, um, the womb of uh, of the pregnant woman and then um fortunately she doesn't feel any pain but she sucks out like the baby um more like the essence of the baby and then that's what happens um that's how she eats uh fetuses oh hell that's scary mm. <laughs> and then when she cut off the the tongue your your grandmother or, or in that story um did the baby live? The baby, yeah, okay. the baby lived. It's actually Greg now. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Okay>. guys. <laughs> um, so, lesson learned. Okay, so bring scissors wherever you go. Uh, the cultural impact on that, like for Aman and Angal, is that before when when the, the kubos, the bahay kubos, the huts, were, um, they, they produces uh, houses with big windows so they open up their windows i'm not sure if you still remember this kind of um house um structures but in the philippines uh, a house would have a big window and then you can just open it up and then put a stick so everything is opened up right so um that's how it goes um it is uh architecturally designed to um like discourage uh Aswang perching or a manananggal who perches in in the houses because it it's it's uh, the the windows are big so you can see them if there's a, a manananggal around the area so um, and then that also is there's also a cultural impact because of the scare that you feel when there's a manananggal you take care of the baby right you don't go out in the night. So uh, pregnant women will take care of themselves. Sometimes they will sleep in the middle of the room because at least there's other people. When, when there's a thread that's going to go down, people can see and protect the child. So interesting because the story took place in the middle of the night. You won't. <laughs> if you're a manananggal, you won't fly off in, in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. That's now, would you know now. when you see a malalagang? What is that? What is it again? Would you know what a malalagang gong looks like? Wait, 
I don't know what that is, but I think you will see a manananggal if you in during daytime. That's yeah. what I that's what I said. But I think during the day they're just like regular people, right? So you don't really yeah, know so th- who's who. That's right. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be like regular like neighbors of yours that you don't know yeah. what they're up to and then at night comes. But see, I don't know is it is this just a movie or is this actually <laughs> the thing that I know about like when you see manananggal it's the salt thing, right? Yeah. You put it's salt, salt you in the, salt the other the, half. The, oh, I heard yeah. about the salt. The half that stays. The body. Yeah, yeah you put salt yeah. in the other body, and then they can't go inside their yeah. body again. Um, the, the salt Creepy. is a deterrent. So yeah. you put it on the lower half of the manananggal, and then that destroys the lower half. And then what happens is that she can't um, attach her body to the lower half, and then the sunrise will come and destroy her. I recall that from a movie, which probably Shake, the same Rattle, one. and Roll Part 1. I'm not, I'm not sure anymore, <laughs> but yes. Well, no, wait, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing about movies. They're all, they base it on yeah, some type of, of like folklore yeah. yes. or some kind of like story mm-hmm. from back in the yes. day. That's how they got the movie idea. Um, so bring scissors and bring salt when I go to the also Philippines. Also garlic and buntut pagi. What's that one? Bukakaki? <laughs> Not Bukaki. <laughs> Buntut Pagi. <laughs> Sorry, it's a different one. <laughs> Sorry. Which is uh, a stingray's no. tail, right? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Tail. For yes. what is that? As, if you hit an aswang with it, it's like a weapon against them. It's like a whip. Yeah. You didn't, D, you didn't know that? No, no, I didn't know that part. Oh, okay. Yeah, Buntut Pagi. I mean, like how... Buntut Pagi. Is that okay. really like... Can can I just go to like uh, SM and get that, or like where do you get? Like where do you even? It, 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 I'm it's sure Amazon. Stingray, so okay. um, yeah. I don't. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I don't want to kill a stingray just to be able to defend. Well, you eventually need to if you want their tail. <laughs> just use a Wallace and just smack them. Um, well, I've asked around. What's the what's the concept behind that and the the. I don't know if it's true, but the closest one that makes the sense is that a stingray is a sea creature and the concentration of salt in that body could be a deterrent to um, an aswang. But I'm not okay, sure. Okay, so anything salt. There you go. Uh, but I'm not sure if that's Also true. garlic. Plus, um, I also believe that if a concept would be uh, collectively strong enough, it holds power to it. Like... When you say, when you say tabi tabi po, or um, when you say in Jesus' name, something yeah. like that. It if if it's used collectively by many people and there's belief in that kind of concept of a word or of a thing, it generates energy and power in it. So that's what I believe in. Hmm. So if they believe in uh, buntut pagi to, you know, um, offend aneswang then. We'll never know. Do you want to know? <laughs> I, I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't want to run into what I don't want to know. I just want to buy one so the next Filipino party that I go to, I'll just bring it around everywhere. I have winter party. <laughs> and what hit? So when and I then hit all the aunties, yeah, just exactly. To make sure. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're okay. <laughs> you're you. Okay, <laughs> next one. So, Earl, you have the Santelmo Society on your podcast, which is listener stories. Um, can you share one that's really spooked you or left an impact on you? Um, 
there's actually a lot um but i'm not easily scared uh because i don't know i i fancy this kind of story so um i'm not easily scared by written stories if you see if you show it to me, I'm a very visual person, then yes, I, I get scared a lot, especially if it's a jump scare. But um, what spooked me the most was um, a story I share, shared earlier in one of the clubhouse. Um, it's it's a story about Mamba Barang. Um, Mamba Barang is a, a witch um, that hexes people with uh, insects and uh, they, 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 they send you over insects to harm you and they they put it in your body it's enchanted insects and it, it crawls inside your body and it makes you sick and eventually um you die so uh there, there's one story that was sent to me and uh it's a story um that uh well it's in iloilo if i'm not mistaken uh it, hey i'm from iloilo what up, Ilo Ilo? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> As you <right>. should be. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, uh, it was from Ilo Ilo. And uh, they went there because uh, life was hard. They um, they went uh, they went away from Manila. And they, they went back to Ilo Ilo. And then one, one day, um, somebody, because they live with their lolo, and their lala was like um, the the chief of the town, and uh, someone came to came to their house to to ask for help. Um, it was a woman, and she was um, she was begging for for help because she feels so um, so much pain. And then um, because it was a small town, of course, uh, there was no doctor around, and uh, they asked for an albulario, which is um, like. A, Albulario. Healer? What's the term for albulario? Faith like healer, a healer, right? Like yeah. a healer, yes. Yeah. So he's uh, the the local healer, usually a male one. What he did was um, he diagnosed the lady, and then um, uh, he was saying uh, orations or like prayers in Latin, and it was it was raining hard, and in the story it was raining hard, and frogs were. Were leaping uh, onto their windows, and uh, and uh, frogs were just basically croaking loudly, and it scared the children. And uh, because it's so visual in this story, and I'm sorry, I can't uh, I can't summon the words right now, but um, it, it was uh, the the feel the feel of that particular night was so eerie that you imagine one person is praying Latin onto a, a, a shrieking woman that is on uh, that is in so much pain and then there are frogs all around you croaking just because they feel that there's an entity inside them working uh, maladies onto that poor lady and then what happened was um uh so he got the spell right and then he cured the lady the frog croak stopped the rain stopped but uh, uh, after that, she vomited uh, all the uh, insects that were harming her body. So worms, um, like um, bugs, um, was thrown out her body. She she uh, puked it out, and then the next day she was okay. Um, it it it's spooky a oh. bit. It's because there's physical harm. It's not like you see a ghost and then that's it. 
like you see a ghost that's okay you're there hello um but if you're gonna puke out bugs and insects that's a different story i don't want to <laughs> i don't want that i don't want that to happen to me Ooh. <laughs> what is up with elo elo i swear to god like <laughs> i have like my my ancestral like um family's home is in elo elo and i don't know exactly where it is uh i've been there before but my mom wouldn't mm. let me stay there because it was known to be a portal well the story is is that um when there was a fire in the city or the town that everything burned around it except with this house. And there is this beam in the house, like a wooden beam in the house, and it has a crack in it. And it splits um, and mm-hmm. it opens up. Um, and they always said that was a portal. And every time anyone would would stay there or people who my relatives that would live there, it was always customary to see like spirits or like stuff wow. roaming around. I don't know. Wow. Elo Elo. Have you seen that? I haven't seen them because my mom was like, you are not going to stay there. I said, okay. <laughs> so I didn't see it. But my mom s- says she saw it. My, my, even my monong said that he saw it. He saw things and just like crazy things. And that's so. the beauty of folklore, like, uh, right? Um, you, you hear people giving testimonials about the truth behind it. And you kind of believe or at least be curious about it. Like, is it really true? Like... I don't want to know if it's true, but I'm curious. But you you kind of step around it because you don't want to know just in case it's really true. This is interesting because now that you make me think about it, in all these cases, there was maybe like multiple people that had either the same experiences or saw the same things that they couldn't explain. So And you yeah, can't question I mean, if it's true, right? It must because be real. They say it's true. Who are yeah. you to tell that it's not? Well, I mean, okay, now we're, we're jumping on that question. Do you personally yourself believe in, like, some of the folklores that we have? Like, what would, like, what are some that you actually are, have accepted to have, you know, to exist? Um, uh, I mentioned this in passing earlier with Greg and, uh, and McCoy. Um, it was, it, it's hard to say no to ancient tales like this because it has um has like a heavy history it's so rich that um it it's so rich that i'm afraid to question them because i don't know much i'm not i i I, like i'm not in the philippines itself uh that to to research about it to debunk it i don't have data i don't have any other experiences i only hear this accounts because i work on them for my podcasts and i'm curious about them and i'm enthusiastic about them but uh yeah i'd like to believe sometimes when i talk to people um i try to imagine being in their seat and um Probably I'm just gonna have Marvel eyes. For example, I, I was you know given a chance to see at Tikbalang. You see, you see a big giant entity, um, just <laughs> standing on in a tree. So what what would that feel like? I mean, right when you see a big yeah. alligator in the zoo, don't you feel like at awe, or like a big bear? Like you feel small, right? Yeah. Like you feel 
yeah. fragile, something like that. So that's how I imagine what would feel like to see an actual folkloric monster. And yeah, I'd like to believe they're they're real because I don't know everything. I think I'm so actually, just like D. Yeah, I, you're know. hedging your bets. <laughs> Just in case they pop out, you're <laughs> like, see, the ninety nine percent, one percent, right? The ninety nine percent, you say no. Just in case the one percent, yeah, I say, God, case. you're true. <laughs> but no, actually, you know, I'll joke aside. I do kind of fall in the same boat as you, just because. I mean, I I have a hard time accepting not a hard, not accepting, but hard time imagining the concept of like how the mechanics of a um Mananga works or uh, Tic Tac like you said that right but for some reason I don't know why I'm holding on to this truth that I know Duendes exist just because I had an experience as a kid so if that entity can exist why not the other ones right, right? but it's just like because right. I've mm. never seen them and so maybe that's oh my god is this religion Wait, can you share Tick, tick, Can tick. you share your Duende story? I remember, no, I told one. you guys before when uh, I was a kid, like when I, my parents built the house that we lived at, uh, my dad is very hands-on with gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, like, And then like, so he would garden in the backyard and like all his tools would just like disappear when he needs it. And he would show up when he doesn't need it. So he built this one small, like a, 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 like a, a playhouse mm-hmm. in our backyard and he would like leave food there. But, we know it's not cats who's like messing with it because it was kept the same. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my youngest brother would always come to that area and like with no toys or anything, but just really just play with someone and you can hear him engaging with someone mm-hmm. like, like communicating, playing back and forth. Like he was, would he could be there probably like an hour or two and then come back. And then we asked him who we were playing with and he would describe it. But I mean, you know, when we, that kind of stayed until, you know, we left the house. But, you know, like, again, I, if you guys remember, the house that we stayed at also had a lot of, like, little anomalies that happened before we even took, you know, like, kind of lived there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I know myself that I kind of believe that because I experienced that story. But the other ones, you know, I kind of question. So it's kind of just like a weird like limbo that one percent my one percent mm. is the what do you call it the what are they calling it i'm so sorry <laughs> my one percent yeah. of believing is the duendes and then everything else i mm. kind of have to question or i question that's true um well because you experienced it yeah but how do you like give like oh duendes exist but the other ones can't like i feel like if you have one percent that you believe that duendes exist then you should believe that you know there is a baby eating monster out there. In a sense that I won't believe it until kind of I see it. Just like, you know, when God pops up, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, hell no. I do not want to see. I do not want to see an Aswang. <laughs> Pass. There's um, there's a story that um, I was informed about Duende or like a theory about Duende. Duendes um, are like known worldwide. Like it's not uh, endemic to the Philippines. Duendes are very much present, um, as in every um, any other household. Uh, so there's like in I think it was in Iceland. There's a creature that's similarly um, you've known about this, McCoy, and um, 
in well snow white has dwarves um so those are like little people um and there's another story oh yeah it's the santo nino um the santo nino is uh baby jesus right uh, it's only existing in i think it's in brazil and in the philippines and in the philippines because we we are very much um uh, we, we believe in duendes and anitos and those similar small creatures so that's why they they produce a baby jesus so it resembles uh the catholic mm-hmm. side of uh, the belief and so oh th- there's also a counterpart of that small guy we just go there so um so it's easier for them to be converted oh my god mind blown and that baby jesus always walks too by the way if you see a baby jesus in a, in a household without shoes bam. <laughs> greg that's why they always carry him and they bounce him up and down right yeah, McCoy? Something festival. When, yes because it's is supposed to do? yes it's supposed to be replication of him dancing but not like the like the the 90s gift like you know that dancing baby that you no. guys are thinking about not like that <laughs> <laughs> yes yes there you go <laughs> Right. Well, if you think about it, the, the word duende is actually Spanish. It means like the goblin. Mm. Um, so there's also, I, I don't know, well, I don't want to say history, but there's also stories from Latin America. Uh, and that's why we, we got the, the term duende because of, you know, the Spanish. But, but is it comparable to like our gnomes here, like our garden gnomes? Well, it says it's a mischievous creature often portrayed as the size of a small child and has been said to be seen in Latin America. So, you know, they, they mess with you. They mess with your house. They mess with you. So that's, you know, that's their character. Yeah. But I think we've had Duende before them. We just yeah. called it something else. Yeah. I think we've always yeah, have the, uh, the stories. But then yeah. it uh, the narrative changed um, when they came, the, the colonizers. Came. So, Earl, your listeners have grown since your, your launch in 2020. What's next for um, the campfire? Um, like I said, <laughs> sorry, to, <laughs> sorry to say, because I always go week by week. I'm not like the type of person who has like a big idea for the show. Unfortunately, I'm just one person behind the story, so it's up to me what's going to be um what's going to be served next week. So there's really not much of a menu. So, <laughs> but um. <laughs> I will stick to podcasting. Um, I will not. Um, some people are urging me to put it out there in YouTube, but it's 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 work, and um, so I, I don't have time for that. But uh, I'd love to, but I can't right now. But I, I just wanted to to master um, the storytelling in a podcast form, and uh, I think I'm getting there. So um, so far, it, the formula works. Um, but I plan to uh, put out like shorter five-minute episodes um, about peculiar stuff that are not long enough to be an episode, but um, interesting enough to know, like how the the Luna Brothers um, were linked to madness. Um, the, if you know the Luna Brothers, one Luna and Antonio Luna. Those are like uh, people of uh, our history, and uh, because of their last name Luna. Um, which is linked to the moon. Um, it's sort of being always connected to madness because uh, Antonio Luna killed his wife and his uh, mother-in-law. Uh, no, it's the other way around. Um, one Luna killed his wife and Antonio Luna is like, uh, he dueled uh, Jose Rizal, something like that. So short stuff like that 
of interest and um and McCoy gave me an idea about a podcast that's called the Dark Tourism series. I I I, I channeled it that way. So I would like my I, I would research on places that would uh, showcase not just the place but uh, the dark tourism behind it. So uh, so uh, you know I could let my listeners travel even through the podcast. Yeah. Wait. So is it safe right. to say that if is it is it would you be okay mm-hmm. if we put out a call? For you to get some help then, so maybe some Duendes to help editing and like put it like producing some stories together, or is that like a bad like? Um, well, um, a helping hand out. is welcome, but right? I have I have Podcast Network Asia to help me with with uh, with my stories. But if if a Duende would come and give me a story, this one is a lead. Go research yes, on this. I'll I'll gladly take it. Just think just think about like little elves helping you around, like you know. Producing stories. Yeah. Everybody's but welcome. But D, nothing's for free. I mean, what payment are they gonna ask? Hey, as for? long as they do everything they need to do outside of my house and not in my house, go ahead. <laughs> well, thank you, Earl, so much um, for for taking time and sharing your insight, and also just reminding us of how Filipino folklore is just so part of our history and culture. And I don't think that we truly appreciate it as much as we should. So thank you so much. And our listeners could listen to your podcast on? Um, it's on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. It's called Philippine Campfire Stories. You could check that out also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a story to tell, um, I usually do a segment called Santelmo Society wherein listeners can uh, turn in their um, stories about uh, true, um, strange, and weird, and uh, par- paranormal and supernatural. You can send your own voice recording uh, if you want to be featured in the podcast. You can do that and uh, submit it. My email address is campfirestoriesph at gmail.com. Awesome. Watch out for the swans <laughs> or the mangalagaya. That's the word of the yeah. day. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I would watch out whatever she is. I would watch out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, Greg, Greg, try it again. Mananangal. Malanagal. I think that's closer. That's close, yeah. We'll stick with that. We'll stick with that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Earl literally did this. <laughs> oh, no. He was just blown away on how perfect no, cause, he that. Because I get to experience the word of the day in person right now. So, I mean... He was blown away. Who gets to share this kind of glory with with Greg, nonetheless? Well, actually, it's the word of the segment. It's not quite the word of the day, but we'll get to that later. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we get into the paranormal. And we're back. These outside teaching Greg how to properly say tabi tabi po. In the meantime, we're joined by Grace and Mimai, the host of the well-loved Spotify exclusive paranormal podcast, Wagang Lilingon. They talk about ghosts and elementals and everything in between in a fun way, kind of like talking with your friends about spooky things over seasick and beer or coffee or whatever. So, when did you guys get into the paranormal? Like into the experiencing the paranormal or like liking the genre? Yeah, like liking it. Me, I remember like watching Shake, Rattle, and Roll. It's a Filipino movie, sort of a series 
um, turned into a movie wherein they discuss different monsters based on Filipino stories. And I was like five years old that time and my cousins were really into it. And there's this one episode wherein the creature was called Halimaw sa Banga. It's a monster that basically emerges from a jar and like gets you and eats you and takes you as prisoner or whatever. From then on, I started like, I don't know what it stirred inside me, but <laughs> I got into like looking for more stories or um, material related to anything that frightens you. So I guess that started the interest in me. As for me, my mom is a big fan of horror. So I grew up with her watching tons of horror films. So I think that is where my early introduction came from. And um, coming, I mean, hailing from the Visayas region, I think the stories are really rich when it comes to like mythology and creatures. So, I grew up with a lot of that. So, I guess that's where my fascination with the paranormal and horror came from. Well, since Grace brought up um, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, right? I remember the first one where they had the Mananangal. (laughs) (laughs) That was was the first one, right? Yes, yes. Yes, I was... I don't know how old I was, but I watched that with fascination. And the the episode with the, the, the fridge or... I think the title was Frigidaire. Frigidaire. Yes. Frigidaire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which the premise of it is weird, right? But as a kid, you're like, you're very fascinated. You're like, wow, that could really happen. But now as an adult, I'm like, could it really though? I don't know. The Mananangal, who knows? Me personally, I believe in the Mananangal. <laughs> but well, the one oh, in the... We'll, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that one. <laughs> so, um, so you get stories from your listeners yes can you share one story that really scared you um me i have i remember this one story from a listener from sarusogon um his code name was moon pie so he shared this childhood story about hiking with family members and their encounter what with what they call as the asuwang or asuwang so for for our listeners, it, an aswang is a Filipino umbrella term for like shape-shifting creatures in the Filipino mythology. Um, so they sort of encountered this aswang in the forest that time they were hiking. And then what was really crazy about it was when they realized that it was an aswang and they started fleeing, um, it shape-shifted into a very meek old lady. But <laughs> what 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 gave me goosebumps was they were fleeing, right? They were running. But this old lady, which was supposed to be very slow in terms of like walking, was at pace, was keeping up with them. And it was even whispering like, where are you going? Can I go with you? <laughs> and in the vernacular, like in, in, in Filipino, like, Sa- yes, saan maybe. kayo, samahin ko kayo, gano'n. Hmm. So it was really sort of hair-raising for me. Good thing, spoiler alert, <laughs> they were able to escape the aswang by crossing the river. And as we all know, the river or any sort of body of water is like some sort of deterrent for the aswang. So yeah. I guess they were lucky. They were not yet 
<laughs> destined to die that day. <laughs> I, we, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It was one of the earlier stories. Okay. How about you, Mimai? Um, for me, I think I haven't found a story yet that really like scared me. But a very memorable one is um the story about the Santo Nino. <laughs> Wait, part one or part two? Part <laughs> one. That story, right? Part one. Mm. But I mean, okay. it the whole Santo Nino. Story verse was very memorable, but um, as someone who was prayed for from the child mm-hmm. Jesus, the Santo Nino, that was like kind of oh no, because we believed in the Santo Nino, and hearing a story like that was like hmm, makes you think, but still, so that's the very memorable one for me. So, for those, I mean, I'd like to tell the story, but I'd prefer that they listen to it because the experience is really different but pretty much like the Santo Nino was uh, animated because it's a what do you call this Um, an antique statue or a figure of the child Jesus which is very common for Catholics so just imagine that being animated and just moving around your house so we have a big one at home so (laughs) just imagine (laughs) Like life size, right? Maybe around um three feet or so, like around like that. So like yeah. a toddler. Yeah, a toddler, <laughs> yeah, a toddler I'll... size. Yeah. I will never forget when I was a kid and we'd go to the the province and we'd stay at my aunt's house and she had the life size, <gasps> uh, ribulto or you know the the yeah. saints, and I was a kid so they were like around my height or taller. Oh my! And you see that all around. So as a child, I would never forget that and it really scared me. Um, I imagine they'd walk around at night. <laughs> I don't know if they did or not, but I would not want to know. Or like their eyes would actually follow, follow you. Follow yeah. you. you walk around. Yes. That's why I never look at them. <laughs> I only I always look away just in case I see something I don't want to see. Um, how would you explain the paranormal to someone who doesn't believe in it? So basically, like let's say you know a white man, because uh, there's no way a Filipino would not believe in like um, a chanak or like oh you know, a ghost or something like that. Yeah, Pinoys are easily convinced with the supernatural, mm, yeah. but. For the Western people, it's very, I guess, challenging yeah. <laughs> to convince them. But I guess the thing is, for, for skeptics, I notice that they always bring the science card to the table. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we need facts, we need evidence and all. But did you know that a lot, like, I mean, a lot of brilliant scientists um, actually believe in theories and, and concepts that are leaning towards the paranormal. To give you an example, there's Carl Jung. Um, there's Carl Jung and there's Polly. Polly is a quantum physics expert and Carl Jung was a psychiatrist. They both believe that dreams offer some sort of interpretation. Then there's also the very popular uh, Sigmund Freud, um, a psychiatrist, a neurologist. Freud was a stern believer in telepathy. He actually thought that he can communicate telepathically with his daughter. So these concepts like telepathy and uh, what did I say earlier? Um, dreams are both concepts leaning towards the supernatural. So I guess part of believing in science is having this open mind that there's things 
that are still classified as unknown, but you don't have to discount the possibility that there exists something that we haven't really have solid grasp yet, but it's there. So I guess it's part of believing in facts is having an open mind that there's still more to what more than to what we actually could hold or see. Just as much as what Grace said, I guess paranormal, it's just like a balance of everything. Like, there's a positive and a negative. So, if you believe, believe in science and that those things that can be explained by it, for sure, there are some things that can't be explained by it. And among those things, um, there might be a few or maybe a handful or most of them that will definitely fall in the supernatural realm. And that is something that we don't really need to have an explanation to. But it's just a matter of like believing. And then when it comes to like, if you believe or not, it's a matter of just like respecting it and be open to it. Okay. Well, as as Grace mentioned, Filipinos are easily convinced, right? So why do you think the supernatural is so ingrained in Filipino culture? Hmm. Well, let me share my, my theory. Okay. Um, I think because our culture is very closely linked to nature. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, 300 years of, of uh, Spanish rule couldn't shake the fact that, you know, we have animism in our blood. True. Yeah. That was what I was about to say because um, pretty much before we were introduced to Catholicism, uh. We are really into animism, paganism, which is very into the nature and like the energy from nature, because um that's what our ancestors believed in believed in, and I think um the concepts that are were or were introduced in paganism or animism is really like ingrained in our culture, like despite the introduction of Catholicism, it's more of like a mixture even of both. Because even now, if we believe it, I mean, I'm a Catholic, but I still believe in these things that are like really, I would say, not really um, heretic, but I mean, it's just a matter of like giving both a good mix, but still, you know, like believing in something that I'm, I'm, I'm really fond of or what. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Even prior to the influence of Christianity in the Philippines, a lot of our ethnic groups are actually believers of the existence of the soul, which is actually the base for basis for the belief for the belief in ghosts. So they have different interpretations of the soul, soul while we're living, and the soul after death. So I guess Christianity only reinforced that because. Um, although we, they have contrasting beliefs, Christianity also believes in the existence of the afterlife. Like, mm-hmm. after our body decomposes, we still have this sort of spirit or soul that would either go to heaven or hell. So I think that that explains the deep roots of believing in the supernatural in the Philippines. This is a side note. If you think about it, Christianity started as... Mm, supernatural belief does that make sense like it was considered as a like a cult yeah before yeah. it became 
an actual religion, you know. Mainstream. Yep. Yeah, be- before it became mm. mainstream, people were like, you're weird. But ESP stands for Esoteric Society es- Esoteric Society of the Philippines. Yes. Yep. yes. Okay. So one of your popular episodes, highly popular episodes actually, was when you had the Esoteric Society of the Philippines, which is, um, would it be correct to say that they're a paranormal group? In the Philippines, would that be like the 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 generalization? I would say, yes, for the group. Yes, yes. Okay, so can you share what you have learned with your conversations with them? So far, we have like four episodes with them, and uh, I guess one of the memorable episodes we had was like, especially uh, was actually the first one, wherein we had uh, listeners asking stories about. Uh, specifically letting go of their loved ones like they want to communicate they want to speak to them and what really struck me in that episode is the importance of letting go and have giving them respect that they need to move on to a higher plane or a different plane from us and overall it's basically the respect for the for coexistence between actual li- li- living breathing beings and those that we cannot see we can only f- well for for the talented ones for the gifted ones they can see them mm. but yeah for for most of us they who can only feel and hear them i guess respect is a big factor because like us they some of them only want only want to be like recognized that they are still here. They need help. They need love. Prayers. Uh, for me, aside from respect, which is uh, a big thing, because um, I, that is uh, a belief that I've um, really ingrained in me. So there was kind of uh, validation that, okay, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. So that was a good thing to know. But also, like, because of the preconception that um, like the spirits or the ghosts that we have living with us, coexisting with us are mostly harmful but in fact they are not like a lot of them are just like finding the light to actually like be, to be able to pass on peacefully and um, like learning that uh, it made me more empathic I guess and not really less scared but more of like wanting to like make them be able to pass on peacefully like praying for them or something like that like instead of just be more curious about them and like sort of quote unquote let's say like exploiting their existence more of like give information more like on what people can do so that these spirits that coexists with us can finally find their peace and light now that you have explained it that way, I completely understand it. I like that. I like that. Respect. I like that. Um, your listeners have grown tremendously since your launch in 2019. What's next for the podcast? <laughs> What's next? We take a break. We take, take a break. A break. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> We're actually surprised that it keeps on growing. Yeah. Like, we, we thought there's a very small community in terms of horror, in terms of the horror genre. 
in the Philippines, but we're surprised that we were actually proven wrong. Um, I guess what's next for Wagang Ligon is to continue sharing the stories yes. of our listeners because there's actually a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think they find validation in, in, especially when they hear their stories and no, and you don't laugh at them and you yeah. don't dismiss what they saw, what yeah. they hear, what they felt. It, it, I think it's a big thing for them, and it's actually one of our goals to 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 treat their stories as with respect and with a keen observing mind. Uh, not to like I think it's the problem with with the the sharing horror stories in 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 the usual setting we we tend to dismiss it we tend to laugh at it yeah. but here in Wagkang leading and we want to foster a different kind of approach in terms of sharing horror stories I would agree and also at the same time um aside from respecting but also giving them uh, how do you say it? Say this uh, as a third person in this environment. Like we give them an insight that that what are the possibilities of it being real or not. So it's more of giving a bit of both, but at the same time being open to the possibility of it as well. And I guess more than anything, the the podcast really became a community that gives. Um, how do you say this? Comfort in finding the your same people, the you know, the people that mm-hmm. shares the same interest with you and whatnot. So I guess that's it for us. And also, um, with the the path that came to us, we didn't expect it. We've become <laughs> a, a very We've become a vessel of information wherein we, like, now really want to make sure that we inform people and we are giving the right information. So, I think that's the thing that we really just want to continue. For people who don't know, uh, Wakang Lilingon have created and fostered a very, very supportive uh, community where they... They talk to each other, they tell each other stories, and they do support each other. They're very nice. Your people are very nice. Yes. We're happy. We're really happy that we have this kind of community. And you have tremendous support from your community, so which is which is great. It's amazing. So the last question is, is the Aswang real? Yes. yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. <laughs> Can you elaborate? Like, What is it about Aswang? Um, or the stories about Aswang that makes you believe, like that you're convinced that they exist. Well, for one, the limitless stories about them coming from different people who who even don't know each other, but for some reason, the 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 description, the experience yeah. is cohesive. Like they share the same um, feelings, the same like the description, the way they deal with them like for example there are stories that were sent to us that they actually spoke to one and even discussed with them what what makes what harms you what what can we do to protect ourselves from you (laughs) (laughs) and they were very willing to share and you could not discount the fact that there are stories that actually involves unexplainable death yeah 
can't be explained by 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 medical research or yeah you have that so i think there's room for for doubts for believing in it yeah for me i think uh, pretty much the same with grace uh because when it comes to the aswang like lore there are a lot of differences but also there is a pattern and you know like it really boils down into like a one theme to it like there's this creature who devours people and like yeah the babies babies <laughs> <laughs> but you know so i think there is really that it's just like there are dif- different kinds of them so it's really like a very diverse creature so i would like to i'd say that i believe that there is one <laughs> What I learned from your show is that the um when you the, the term is aswang is very general, right? But there are different tiers, different they yes. there are different um creatures that serve different roles within their community, which is it's very very fascinating. Um, so do you wish to encounter? You so, one? <laughs> oh, so you do you wanna you wanna meet you wanna meet one? Um, <laughs> are you prepared for that? Um I think if I'm prepped up with uh, with the protection buntot spells pagi. and yes the buntot pagi why not <laughs> Which what's a buntot pagi a uh, stingray yes, uh, the, tail. Uh, the tail of a yeah, stingray yeah. right and what else do you need like salt and garlic Yes yeah salt garlic um, um machete well, yeah, tingting yeah. like it's like a, the broom the broom yeah, yeah. Yeah, Greg knows about the Wallisting thing for <laughs> sure. Um, we had that discussion. And of course, social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your that's your number one wish, is to, to meet one? To have them on your show? Probably, yes. But maybe a, like a Zoom meeting instead. Yeah. yeah, I'd prefer a Zoom meeting. <laughs> no face-to-face rather than a, Yes. <laughs> But would like to thank Gamchat for yes. inviting us well, on yeah, this that's... episode. Especially no, Makoy. It's, yes. it's a certified guest if next. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, thank you so much for coming over. This is like our first celebrity guest um, on Whoa. the podcast. <laughs> Just guest. <laughs> <laughs> we can do away with the celebrity. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I really, really appreciate. It. I'm like such such a big fan of your podcast. Thank you so much. And you know, yeah. I think a lot more people should should listen because they can actually learn uh, from your show. Um, so, where can people find you on social media? And we have said before that you guys are a Spotify exclusive. Yes. So only Spotify is where they can find the podcast, right? Yes, right. that's correct. Well, how about um, on social media? Um, on socials, oh, oh Grace. Go oh, we. Okay. Parang this is our usual spiel. Go right? go with the um, spiel. We, 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 well, you can find us on our socials. We have Facebook and Instagram. It's at wagkang lilingon p. It's at wagkang lilingon ph. And we also have Gmail. You can email us your stories, your comments, your reactions. It's wagkang lilingon ph at gmail dot com. Yep, that's right. And we are also on Twitter at waglilingon. And also, uh, we also have those listeners who would like to send us their 
their stories anonymously. So you can also do that on curiouscat.me slash wagliligon. Yes, and we also yeah. have this um, private Facebook group. You, you just need to search BRGY for Barangay, brgy.wagkanglilingon. And we sort of have this four really easy questions, some sort of um, ticket for you to get in. So you just have to answer that. <laughs> yep. They're actually easy yes. if you are certified like a listener. Yeah. Like a yes, it's a no-brainer yeah. if you're a certified yeah. guest. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and also uh, we are on Discord. So we are we have a Discord channel that they can join in and the link is on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter bio. So we have there a master link that they can check out and click the link to join on discord and also last but not the least we are also on youtube wag kang lilingon yeah yes see ya there <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's all the time we have thank you so much for joining us thank you thank you, thank you so much thank you thank you gamcha yes tabi tabi po ran an po <laughs> hey, where's Grace and Mimai? Where are they at? You missed them. Missed the whole segment altogether. Sorry, Greg had to pee and I had to tell him how to properly say it so he doesn't get... Um, is it punished? Uh, or yeah, the curse or something. Yeah, yeah. Cursed. yeah. Your balls could swell up or your feet could like anything. Oh, I got a story for that one. But before we go into that story, what do you guys think about McCoy's interview? Actually, you know, it was very interesting. Well, I mean, like the reasons that they gave for um, like different ways on how to approach the stories and like the anomalies that they've heard. It's much more of, it's not really about fear. It's about the respecting these spirits that are around us that that's happening because technically yeah. it is like spirits that are left behind yeah um even like the aswang aspect of it is i guess we're just ingrained to respect anyone that's above us <laughs> is that what it is well here's, Filipinos? He, well here's my take it's like when it comes to ghosts for example right the first thing we think of oh ghost scary yeah but we forget that if you believe, this is just like if you believe in it. Um, if you believe that this is like a spirit of someone that has passed on, um, they're still there. And it seems like we're we're being very dismissive if we don't respect that. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, in the, especially I feel like in the Philippines, it's, you know, so much has happened in the history of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I think you're just bound to run into a spirit in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so part of our culture. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you think about it, if you're a Christian, let's just say, or most religions actually, there's an afterlife. So if you believe in an afterlife, you should believe in spirits. Like I was gonna say, are you, what about the whole like uh, something you know thing, the baby walking thing? <gasps> oh, yeah, I don't like that. I actually heard this episode because I listened to them. So when I heard the episode, it was really really creepy. And there's a part two to that story actually. I mean, imagine like you know those little statue like saint statues. If you're Catholic, you have that. Um, imagine that walking around, or you hear you know hear it walking around. That's creepy. And I mean, and the way they describe it, it was like, it wasn't like the mini Santonino that you have on your like shelf in the hallway. 
it, she made it seem like it was the life size is like like um, the toddler like size. Child. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But do you have relatives in the Philippines that have those giant like life size statues of like yeah. Mar- Mary, Jesus, mm-hmm. and all that? Yeah. Do you guys have relatives like that? We get it here once in a while because my husband's um, mom is a part of like this Filipino church prayer group where they like pass on the um like either the virgin mary or santonino like figure one, like a week each year so whenever we would get it in their house and i'm like going in there like you know to like check out whatever's in her fridge and like i catch it in the corner of my eye i'm just like oh let me just go back outside and like <laughs> you kind of get surprised like oh okay you have it this month this year like this week of the year well like why would baby Jesus be walking around though I've heard of that one so many times about the baby. Looking for food? That's what I would be walking around oh, for. Oh my god, that explains all my aunties like leave like candies by the by the baby Jesus. Do they? Well yeah, maybe it's like come on. <laughs> you don't have a thing that, that leaves like, I don't know, like a Hershey bar right well, next to Well, If you think about it, I mean uh, the child Jesus is a child, so would you give kids candy, right? Oh, but I mean, it's like a child, like that kid's going to choke on it. What do we get? A Jolly Rancher? Something like Baby Jesus is going to choke on that. But we're talking about Jesus, so I'm sure oh. he'll be fine. I'm pretty sure if he died in a stake, he can manage a Jolly Rancher. Oh my, oh my God. God. Did I go too far? Did I go too far? <laughs> You'll just have to Am wait three days before he, he rises again. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> too far, too far. Okay. <laughs> Even my Catholicism was like, oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, Tommy, both! Tommy, Tommy, both! Please! Well, can we just talk about this Aswang thing? Because that's like what we've asked. I don't like that. Um, Yes, I don't like that story at all. Because it's like, you know when they say, don't be scared of the dead, be scared of the living? Well, Aswang is living! So definitely, yes, for sure. It straddles both. It's kind of like, you know, like, Oh, and it's not even they're dead. There's just like there's something about maybe magical. Is mm. is that the is that the right term for it? And then magical, and then the living. Which well, it's like calling a scary. vampire magical. Well, like, duendes are they are they magical? Is it, are they supposed to be like magical creatures? Well, if they can transform into an animal, definitely. Like, if you had a pick between an aswang and a duende in your home, duende. A, a duende is not gonna eat you or eat your baby or suck your blood. But it could curse you. But it could also give you money and gold. Really? Yes. Oh, I never heard of that one before. Yeah, it depends on the kind of duende you get. If it's like the good kind, they could like bless you with things. And if it's the bad kind, they could get you sick. <laughs> okay, let me guys, I'm going to tell you a true story. Okay. Because you know how Earl's talking about Iloilo? Yes. You know my people are from Iloilo? Yeah. Or they're from the island? Is that an island? What is it called? Panay? What is it called? Panay? Sure, we'll go with Panay. What is it called, McCoy? Don't, don't. <laughs> Wait, is Panay. it Panay? Panay. Panay. Is it Panay? Not Panay, it's Panay. Panay. Greg, that's the right. three girls that used to sing. What's her name? M and... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, Panay is with Joseph and Enriquez's original group, right? Oh, I didn't know she was a part of it. Okay, go ahead. So, so my family is from this island. Um... And uh, our ancestral house, my mom. I ta- asked my mom this question mm. about like duendes and and the swang, and she was talking about our ancestral house, which I brought up earlier in Earl's story, or when we were interviewing Earl. And I was asking my mom about like, is this true? Like, come on, 
She said, yes. Mm. I was like, what do you mean? She said, okay. So she said that, you know, your uncle, we had in this ancestral house. Yeah. That we had an overgrown of banana trees that like overtook the backyard. Mm-hmm. And she said, your uncle went in the back and started cutting down the banana trees because there was too many. And then the next day he got an, uh, an itch in his ear that wouldn't mm. go away. And then all of a sudden he started getting a growth on his face and it kept on growing so much that it disfigured his entire face wow he was not recognizable anymore and so they had someone come to the house to like Mm -hmm. you know like a healer to see what was going on and they told my uncle or they told my family that when he went to the back of the house to chop the banana trees he chopped off the head of of a young girl duende oh and the mother and the father cursed him and with a disfigurement on his face and it won't go away till the day he dies because <gasps> it's like you you basically killed their daughter like this mother and father you killed their their kid when you were chopping off the banana trees and i don't think he said tabi tabi po i don't think he did well, yeah, I think if he had said Tabi Tabi Po, maybe the girl could have been like, oh my God, he's coming. And, and not get, get her head, get beheaded. Yes. I didn't even know Duendes came in like families. Yeah, they do, I think. <laughs> okay, Apparently. so the story goes on, and this yeah. is why my mom said Duendes are real. So the day he died, uh, they sent his body to like, the morgue. Mm-hmm. And so every, everybody knows each other because, you know, it's the Philippines. Everyone's related. Yeah. So <laughs> they sent his body to the morgue. And then they called up my aunt because they were shocked because his face went back to normal. Oh. Like the growth was completely gone. And I was like, I was like, for real, mom, is this is this story true? She's like, yeah, ask your Auntie Sarah about it. It's mm. true. So I was like, was it cancerous? Like, it wasn't cancerous. This growth wasn't cancerous, but it just went back to normal after he died. So that was a duende curse. Well, and also because your, your mom is like a woman of science. Yeah. You know, well, so yeah, it's not for like... For her to really yeah. back that up, it's like... Duendes are real. Duendes are real. Oh, hell. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the island or like Iloilo, but there is like... There's duendes like all over the Philippines. If you believe in duendes. Oh, hell no. I'm going to say tabi tabi pull for everything. Like, go to the bathroom. Tabi tabi pull. Because imagine if you like like pooped on a duende, like you get a growth on your butt or something. Like their curses are like no joke. Or you'll you'll poop out out of your mouth. Oh my god! (laughs) I don't know how I'm going back to Ilo Ilo. Like that is like Well, okay, Tabi Tabi Po, you only do that when you're going through a trail that's like, you know, not well used or something like that. Or Or cutting your hedges. Yes. Or anything with yeah. shears outside. I didn't so know that was like... Basically, when you're cruising, you go tabi-tabi-po when you're walking, like, let's say, Griffith Park or something. Yes. Oh, God. Am I cru- oh, cruising for a sex? Or like cru- oh, 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 <laughs> wow. Well, you're not cruising for a duende, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I found in the, in the park one time. But okay, yeah. No. But I mean, it has to be real. Like... Even like with with Earl's story, for example, like there's I don't know if it's the island, I don't know. But you're saying that duendes are everywhere in the Philippines, yeah. Well, we have it here. I mean, our version are gnomes, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's just a matter of like them being 
on the good side or bad side or the intentions yeah. are good or bad. Oh my god, do you guys know that movie Nomeo? Nomeo? Yeah. Yeah, the cartoon <laughs> animation. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so like I'm going to look at that completely different now. I'm just going to see nothing. I'm going to see the nothing but Duendes and that freaks me out. Well, since you believe in Duendes, do you believe in Aswangs also? Because Grace and Mima definitely believed in it. Yeah. Okay, okay, I got some tea. I got some real truth about the Aswang. Okay, go. That I recently like found out today because I asked my mom, like, yeah, mom, is Aswang real? And my other aunt was there and she's from like a different province. She's like, no, they're not real. Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, they're real. I was like, what do you mean, mom? She's like, well, so in our ancestral house in Iloilo, telling you there's something about Iloilo. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of like, <laughs> like spirits and duendes and ghosts. I don't know. So, my mom was talking about when she would stay at this house, my ancestral house, that, because you guys talked about the, the tick, 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 tick. Yeah. So she brought it up. I didn't even tell my mom about the tick, tick, tick. She just knew about it. And she said, yeah, when when would be at the house, sometimes you would hear the bird under the house. E. How she's like, And she was like, how does a bird go, how's a bird underneath the house? And they always say like, oh, if, they, if you hear it, then that means that a swan is on the roof right now. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. You know, I have this sad story though. When I was a, a, a kid, I went to um, I went with my mom to visit her mother in the countryside. So I spent the night at my Lola's house, and there was a commotion outside. Like there was like this big tree outside. Uh, the people had like torches, like actual fire torches, chasing this thing. And so I kind of like peeked out and I was like, "What's going on?" And they were like, "Oh, there's a like there's a big black bat." Well. Aren't most bats black? Well, anyway, there's this big bat outside the tree on the tree, and they were trying to chase it or kill it or something. We were saying it's an aswang, and I'm like thinking in my head now as an adult, what if that was just like a fruit bat kicking it? But also they say because if you're new in the area, which I was, an aswang could be like, who's that? Fresh meat, you know, kind of thing. So you're fresh meat? It was maybe. Well, I was, I'm always fresh meat, but you know. As a child, definitely. Kid, um, to respond to that, no, you're not always fresh <laughs> meat. Just to clarify that for you. Okay, so they saw a bat and they thought it was a swang. Yeah. Huh, okay. So I have I have an, a swang story. And my mom just recently shared this story with me. Um, and so she was telling me about my... Um, we have relatives in Antique. Oh. In the Philippines, so same island. I don't know yes. if you heard of Antique. It's yeah, like it's, spelled like antique, but yeah, you have to pronounce it's it. It's like antique. on the other side because Ilo Ilo yeah. would be like on the east side, and then Antique is on the west side below yeah. Malay Aklan, uh, which is where Boracay is. So it's like below that. Yeah. So you know about it? Uh, yes, I do know. Yeah. It's very rural, I think. Yeah. But what do you know about it? It's very rural. Like Ilo Ilo is a city, Antique is like. Not so much. So uh, we have relatives at Antique, mm-hmm. and there's there's two stories that my mom shared with me. My when my grandmother was young, mm-hmm. um, she went to visit her her aunt's house in Antique, and when she was a kid, she was asleep, and in the middle of the night, when she turned over, she felt the how do you say the the hairs of a pig. <gasps> Ooh. And the skin of a pig right next to her. And she screamed and, and woke up and there was nothing there when they turned on the lights. Eek. And they were saying that's the swang. And they, they sent my, my grandmother back to the big city of Iloilo because 
it, it was, I don't know, it freaked her out. It frightened her, and everybody was scared yeah. that the swan was close by. And then another story is that when my mother was young, they sent her to um, her aunt's house in Antique. And it's like, I say, is it like a Nipah Hut mom? She's like, yeah. it's like bigger than a Nipah Hut, but you know, it's not yeah. small. Yeah. And she said that um, one night when she was, everybody was over, she said that she looked over to the door and she saw a floating head. And this head had a lot of like, she called it pok I guess like, you know, scars from chicken pox like mm. all over the face. Mm-hmm. And she just looked at it and she's like, she couldn't explain. She's like, I looked at the door and, and it was just a floating head. And then I, I, you know, she said, I, I tapped my mom and, you know, your grandmother. And she, they said, what was it? She said, I saw a man with a floating, he- a floating head. And she described them, described this guy. And he said that the, rel- uh, the relatives knew this person, that this is a man, a living man, not a ghost that's in the province. And when my mom described it, they sent my mom back to Iloilo because they were frightened for her. Oh. And I was like, wait, mom, like that's not an aswang. A floating head isn't an aswang, right? And I was like, let me Google it because I don't believe this. And she's like, I'm just talking what I saw. I don't know what it was. So, okay. So I Googled it. I Googled aswang, Philippines. And of course, the first link that showed up was um, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Not very trusted source, but they did have a footnote um, for this one book called uh it's blair and robertson's title called the philippine islands 1493 to 1898 Mm. and they have an excerpt in it saying and they're talking about aswangs in this book and it said the seventh was called the mananangaria is that how you say it mananangal that's what i just said yes exactly thank you and his purpose was to show himself at night to many persons without his head or entrails. In such wise, the devil walked around and carried or pretended to carry his head in different places. And in the morning, returned it to his body, remaining as before alive. Huh. Wait, there's not a mananangal then. How do you spell this? M-A-N-A-N-A-N-G-G-A-L. It is, Mananangal. Oh. But it's like a floating head. And I was like, yeah. my mom, it, it can't be a, a swan because I heard that you're supposed to detach from the body. So how did, so I told my mom, I was like, you, then you must have saw an aswang. And she was like, I don't know what I saw. It's just an aswang, right? Well, it must be. Yeah. If Wikipedia says. It's a form of it. So it's real. My thing is, why do they keep sending your mom back to Antique and then sending her back when something happens like this? I don't know, but <laughs> there's something in Antique. I don't know. I think because she's like new in town. And, you know, creatures are curious about her. Like, who is this? I love that you're just talking like it's normal. You know, it's like <laughs> like a swan. It's normal. You know, you'll see a swan. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a floating head. Well, the way I kind of look at it also is, you know, I can't disprove the existence of, a, of an aswang. Neither can I, can I prove it. So might as well let it be. If it's real, then it's real. If it's not, then whatever. And it kind of reminds me, it goes back to the story about what Earl was saying yeah. about how, you know, our history and these folklore is all based on oral history. And so my mom's sharing this. It's just, she never wrote it down and how she just shared the story. 
you know, verbally. And this is how the story lives on. And the weird part is, like, my mom doesn't like to tell tall tales. She's not very grandiose and like to, like, cause her attention. She just said, all matter-of-factly. And now she just realized that she saw an aswang. So aswangs are real. Science has proven it's wrong. It's real. <laughs> yeah. So, Greg, you're definitely convinced of the existence. Um, If my mom says she saw it, yeah. yeah okay. You're right, like, you're right. it, the thing is, like, she didn't even know that it was an aswang. Yeah. Like, it's a no one thing. Like, she's trying to fit her story into a narrat- yeah. narrative. But she just shared it. And she, I don't think she's been back to Antique. But we should all go to Antique and look for it. I heard Antique is very beautiful. I'm not going to go there to look for a swang, but I, I'll go there to visit. Okay, yeah. Neither am I. I'm not going to look for a swang either. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you have a, an auntie there, maybe we could, like, visit them i'm sure they'll know how to protect us from the local aswang i'm gonna do what earl does i'm gonna get the whatever like the the, the, the stingray tail which is salt, what what in tagalog garlic stingray <laughs> it's buntot pagi that's what i said yes exactly that's what i said yes thank you google translate <laughs> this actually explains why a lot of my relatives walk around with garlic in their pockets do they really yeah. In the Philippines or here? Oh, I was going to say here. Like, yeah, Are you sure they just don't have like high blood pressure? <laughs> oh, that too, actually. <laughs> they do love pork. <laughs> or maybe they're just, you know, always ready to make fried rice. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that might be it because I love my family's garlic fried rice. Yes. Ooh, child. Mm-mm-mm. I didn't know that. That's kind of interesting, right? Like, you know that they believe it if they're carrying garlic in their pockets or something. Just for the heck yeah, of it. I'm, well, now I know. Like, if I visit my family in Ilila, or when I do, I'm going to bring garlic and fried rice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Cold rice to make fried rice. <laughs> no, no. But I'll bring, like, the, the minced garlic in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the rock salt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like, finely chopped. As long, hey, protection is protection, I say. <laughs> But imagine if that is like you know the case though. Like no, 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 doesn't doesn't work for me. It's not a whole clove of garlic. Or like, <laughs> like, I'm like, you brought the wrong one. I'm gonna fuck you up. Still, you know, kind of like. <laughs> imagine if that was the case. Or maybe that maybe the a swan just want garlic fried rice. You know, like <laughs> distract them. No, it's um. My cousin's sister-in-law actually was telling me a story not too long ago how she went to, I think, Batangas. Yeah, Batangas um, to like an auntie's house. And she was like, oh, I want to take a walk in the neighborhood. And the cousin told her, you can only walk from that house, like a few a few houses away, and then point it to the other direction, up to that house. You cannot go past those houses. Why? And then I said, like, why did he say that? And then she said, I think there's something in the other side, like beyond those borders, that she might be put in danger if she was to keep going. Oh, my God. Because she's not from there. It's always like that. It's like if you are new in the area, you always have to be, they always tell you, be careful because you're not from here. You are like always a target, I guess, by the Aswang. Damn. I'm going to be eating alive. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to give this concept to anyone out there who wants to do it. But I would want them to do like a Filipino folklore ver- version, like a movie, but based in the U.S. You know how we don't have these like mythical yeah. like things like uh, Tikbalang or Capri? Oh, but we do. We have like the Wendigo and the um, 
skinwalker in you know the Navajo. Yeah, no, but I want to see those like the Filipino things. But is it like you know like I? Oh, like in the like an American setting. Yeah, like when yeah. I like when whenever I would go running like after work, and there's trails that I run at were like tall trees and then you know like i was told when i was a kid that you don't look up tall trees at night because the thick but no the capre is is there yeah it's just like a giant a cop Uh, yeah there's some there too sherman (laughs) but um behind on the other side of the tree (laughs) (laughs) but like um no yeah because you i mean capre is is it mccoy a giant that's sitting on a tree yeah and then smoking a cigar Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. And they smell like really, really, really bad. Yeah. So yeah. those are the th- and like imagine like we don't have that here, yeah. but I want to see like a Filipino American version of that, like in a you know a, like an everyday setting that we all are kind of familiar with, just to kind of I guess spice it up and then share the stories. You know, I mean, like Earl said, like we don't have real documentation of like things that happened before because of like you know. Um, colonizers and everything like that so that's when they started doing it so now it would be nice to have that kind of you know um what is that update an updated version yeah i guess an updated version yeah, an up- yeah. Yeah. yeah i know i think we should do an episode uh with all two of these podcasts and go to antique actually why are if you, you trying want... to get us killed i, I want to <laughs> well, okay. know first of all do you're like let's make some money let's make a show about us yeah okay. I'm, I'm trying to make money here <laughs> okay here d this is less dangerous uh because you won't be killed physically but you might go insane supposedly baguio is very very haunted with ghosts oh yeah but no talk of us wang so maybe we can go there yeah. and let's get ourselves haunted because of the earthquake right no, even before no, that. The, oh. the death march started there. No, no. Oh my God, Greg, no. The death march the death march started in Bataan and ended in like Nueva Ecija, not Baguio. Maybe I got the wrong one. Yeah. I think you're confusing Bataan with Baguio. Ah, okay. But then I can understand because your version of Bataan is like the grass fields with Kuya. I'm going to slap you. <laughs> Where he didn't say Tabi Tabi before he... Well, he ass. he had a march on Greg. Well, that explains my growth. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure there was some growth. Chuck Long, Chuck Long, Chuck Long. <laughs> Swear to he God. was choking a Nuno's head. <laughs> <laughs> McCoy, what's a Filipino word of the day? The Filipino word of the day is kasindak sindak. What? Whoa. <laughs> Go. We'll give him one more. Mm. Kasindak, sindak. Um, you mean kasindak, sindak? Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what, what? Tabi, tabi po. It means horrid, dreadful, or frightful. But you know it's really extreme because they repeated the word twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. it emphasizes. Yes. <laughs> How do you use it in a sentence? Movies, TV shows, and podcasts that are kasindak sindak is fun all year round, but especially appropriate during Halloween season. Kasindak, ka ka sindak. Yes. Why do you always like whisper towards the end, like you're losing your confidence? <laughs> I gotta think. I know. <laughs> As the more syllables goes on, I'm like my my confidence goes. <laughs> okay, do it again, like one last time. 
Cousin Duck Sin Duck. There you go. There you go. See? That's actually good. Oh yeah. my god, that's like a really good like curse I could do to someone. Like like You're gonna curse him? Duck Sin Duck. Like if someone misses me off, you're like, you know, like that's an American. Does that sound like scary? It does sound like you're putting a curse on them. Duck Sin Duck. Don't piss me off in this Walmart line. First of all, you shouldn't be going to Walmart. That's why you're well, pissed. That's, true. that's why I have to curse it. I'm not for there for the little prices. I'm there to curse it, right? <laughs> That's our show. A very big thank you for spending time with us, the hosts, and these podcasts. You have to check them out. Lastly, if you would like to leave a comment, have a question for us, or just want to slip into our DMs, you can by on social media or on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Curious Cat at Gamchat Podcast. You could email us your questions at gamchatpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts. If not, I'm going to send someone Kasindak Sindak your way. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> sounds scary to me We're already. just threatening people to leave us <laughs> five stars. <laughs> <laughs> We're also part of Bunk Collective, a group of Filipino content creators in the U.S. and in the Philippines. Visit the website at thebunkph.com and have a safe Halloween and we'll catch you on the next one. (laughs) Who's behind you? It's a ghost. It's a ghost, guys. It's a ghost. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's a swan. It's a headless swan.